another episode of Let's Talk Dubs. I'm your host, Bill T. Well, it's about that time of year and things are starting to kick off as far as show season goes. This weekend, I'm going to be in Boulder City at the uh, VW's Invade the Dam at the park in Boulder City. Uh, with It's a big VW event that takes place here once a year. And there's a couple hundred cars that'll be out there at the park, just kind of a park and chill show. So I'll be out there with a couple cars trying to figure out which one I'm scraping together to get out there uh, this weekend. But yeah, if you guys want to come by, say hi, make sure you stop by, say hi, come see me, grab some stickers and uh, come check us out. I'll probably have the easy upset up just for some shade and an opportunity to chill and display, uh, bring one of the cars. Anyway, um, that's going on this weekend. Next weekend, there's a, 80% chance at this point that I'm going to be, it's like rain, right? 80% chance that I'm going to make it to the Red Barn Swap Meet. So that kicks off the Kelly Park weekend and the Red Barn Swap Meet takes place on April April 14th. It's in uh, Aromas, California, and they have camping. If you show up Friday at about noon, you can pay 50 bucks. You can camp overnight and then swap in the morning. And I think that's what George and I did last year because we brought my Big weekend warrior. You guys remember that debacle from a couple of years ago? Um, at any rate, they're going to be uh, offering the camping overnight starting on Friday. And uh, it's 10 bucks per vehicle, general admission to get in. And if you want to swap, it's 40 bucks Saturday only. So there is uh, plenty of cool stuff to get out there. So make sure you guys go to the, support those guys at the Red Barn Swap Meet. And that takes place Friday. But that kicks off the weekend. And on Saturday, they do have... They have the Kelly Park Spring Meet in San Jose, California, brought to you by the Vintage Volkswagen Club of America, and it's their 38th annual Kelly Park. If you haven't been to Kelly Park, it's a really cool show, great venue, a lot of vintage cars that are out there, so I'll be out there. I don't know if I'm getting a booth or what I'm doing at this point, but uh, looks like I'll be over there just maybe showing a car or who knows what I'll be doing, but I'll, I'll be... I'll be at Kelly Park last year. I dipped out early, didn't get a chance to check out the event, but I'll be going this year for 80% sure. <laughs> so if you guys, uh, I'll for sure announce next week that I'll be, if I'm going to be there or not, but I'm pretty, I'm feeling pretty confident that I'm going to be there at this point. So now, in addition to that, don't forget that October, coming up in October, is going to be one crazy weekend. So on the website at letstalkdubs.com. It's already set up to where you go there. You get the code for the room. You get all the good stuff. So make sure you book your rooms now. Do not wait. I assure you, you cannot wait. This is Las Vegas. This isn't some little town where nothing's going on. There's always something going on here in between now and October. Something else could be scheduled. And the people that didn't get their rooms for $100 and $120 a night last year ended up getting rooms for $400 because they did not pre-reserve their rooms. So go to letstalkdubs.com. Click on the link, reserve your room, get it all situated, block your room now, even if you're on the fence. Because the worst case scenario, if you decide last minute you're going, you got a room reserved, you head out there and you do not have a room, it's not going to be cheap. So we work a special event out with the Orleans Hotel and Casino to get you a cheap room. So you can come out to experience the greatest VW event that takes place in Las Vegas. That's one crazy weekend. Kicks off with a strip cruise Friday night, car show Saturday morning. Saturday evening, we do the world-famous poker run where I give away a couple thousand dollars in cash and figuring out ways to give away more money this time around. It's about 80 bucks to get in. If you're going to do both, 30 bucks for the car show, 50 bucks for the poker run. But you don't leave empty-handed. You get posters, you get T-shirts, you get stickers, you get all kinds of cool stuff, man. More than you know. So appreciate you guys for supporting the event. If you want to support Let's Talk Dubs, go to letstalkdubs.com. Go to the store, 
select some merch, support your boy. I uh, got a couple people dragging on a couple pieces and I'm waiting for my t-shirt guy. But other than that, everything's all out and going. I appreciate those as support. You know, speaking of support, I want to give some shout outs today. The first shout out goes to Jerry Hundley. Gives a five-star review. Says, Bill does a great service to the VW community with his podcast. I've listened to every episode at least once. Keep up the great work, Bill. Looking forward to the next one. So he gives us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Michael Hartman out of Fairmont, West Virginia. He picked up some shirts and I appreciate him. Also, James Sofer picked up a shirt out of Plainsville, Ohio. You guys might remember James Sofer, podcast alumni. And he also puts on the bug infestation up there at Lake Geneva. So appreciate those guys for supporting the podcast. In addition to supporting Let's Talk Dubs, you support, make sure you support our sponsors, VW Trends Magazine, a magazine for the people, by the people. Go subscribe today at vwtrendsmagazine.com. And if you're lucky enough to track down Dan Ledbetter's whereabouts, you might be able to meet up with him on his tour across the nation to visit all kinds of VW shops. And he's given away a lifetime subscriptions to the magazine. So check those guys out. Also, you logo up. If you got some merch you need made, uh, hats, shirts, whatever for your car club, whatever you might need, go to the letter ulogoup.com. That's ulogoup.com. Click on the link in the description below. Submit your drawings, pick your materials, and they'll get you back a quote as to what it'll cost to make it and ship it back to you. So they support Let's Talk Dub, so I support you logo up. Um, in addition to that, I mentioned the Red Barn swap meet. And usually there's a lot of buses at the Red Barn swap meet, but if you got a bus in an old bus, you might have some blown out rear hinges on your deck lid. If you got that, Ross Wolf has got you covered. Ross Wolf's got some stainless steel, some billet stainless rear deck lid hinges. They're made for 55 to 76 buses, and they are made from 304 stainless. They're in a machine finish, ready to paint, polish, or just leave them as they are for that industrial look, but get you some today. There's some reviews on there on their website. Click on the link in the description below in the podcast to go and pick yourself up a set of stainless steel rear deck lid hinges for your bus. That's the way to fix your raggly old deck lid. So go to rosswolf.com. Check them out at rosswolf.com. Another mention to the guys, Volks Gear. They're at myvolksgear.com. They make a bunch of t-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, keychains, all kinds of gear that you might want for your VW stuff. And they've got some pretty cool designs. So go check them out at myvolksgear.com. That's myvolksgear.com. They sent me a couple shirts. Full disclaimer, I checked them out. They're pretty cool. My wife was really excited to see that I got more t-shirts to the collection. That means she goes and steals more shirts to cut up to make uh, some kind of t-shirt blankets for me out of. And so, you know, so goes the cycle, right? So go check them out, volksgear.com. They got some cool stuff. Um, on today's podcast, we've got Fred Peters, my boy Freddie from Belgium. Legit dude, hardcore, in the scene, gives us all. Um, puts on the European bug in. He started the European bug in a few years back with a couple other guys. He's kind of, him and a few friends have taken it over uh, as their number one priority to put on one of the largest events in Europe that takes place. And it's a full-blown rager. If you haven't been to European bug in, man, you owe it to yourself to go. Especially next year, it's going to be completely out of control next year. It's the uh, EBI 10, I think, is next year. And it's going to be a monster. So we have a great conversation with Freddie. He's a big type three guy, loves him some early notchbacks. So we kind of get in the weeds on some early notchbacks. One of the other things really cool about this podcast is there was a bug that was made from one of the dealerships in Belgium. It was called the Mach 1. Now this bug had some special 
uh, interior bits, some uh, some paint decals, and they actually beat VW to the punch for a bigger motor, which was part of the problem. But we get into those details in this podcast, so it's a great listen. It's a lot of information that we get about stuff that was going down in Belgium, local things that were happening, how hard things are to find. Just an all-around great podcast, and Freddie's a legit dude. He's really committed to the scene and putting on these events. I can't say enough about how great it was to sit down and talk with him. Great podcast, good listen. Let's get into it without any waiting. Freddie Peters, EBI, Freddie Files on Let's Talk Dubs. You probably don't know that there's a new Volkswagen out that doesn't look like a Volkswagen. Okay, everybody, so we're back again with the uh, British invasion. This time we're coming out of Belgium. Uh, if you guys know anything about European bugging or Freddy, uh, the Freddy Files or any of the stuff that's happening in Belgium, typically uh, a lot of what's going on over there is put on by our next guest. That's Frederick Peters, and he is out of Belgium. Uh, out of close to Chimay? Uh, no, not really close to Chimay. I'm from Ninoven, next to Brussels. Ninoven. Okay, and then <clears throat> is that what say? That's how you pronounce it, Ninoven. Ninoven. Yeah. And so, all the a lot of things that happen in Belgium, as far as well, mostly the European bugin is what you've yep has been uh, your big thing. Together with some friends, we started a European bugin in 2007. Um, but at that time i was already organizing uh, the freddy files in ninova yeah um yeah and i we organized some drag racing in germany also but um uh, now we're organizing arden in the belgian ardennes too that's yeah. and the way we typically start the podcast is What's your VW story and how did you get into Volkswagens? Yeah. Uh, how did I get into Volkswagens? Well, um, funnily enough, at, uh, I, I was always attracted to the forms of, of the, of the Beatles. Um, always find it a, a very nice form and, and nice cars. And, um, I played with them when I was little. Uh, I had this little matchbox. Uh, with a with a, with a guy with a German helmet and kind of wings on on on, on the Matchbox Beetle, and um, at a certain moment around uh, eighty seven eighty eight, my dad changed from a personal business into a company business, and uh, he had uh, to change license plates, uh, but he didn't want to let go the the old license plate. So I mo- motivated my dad to to buy a Beetle. Uh, so the Beetle became uh, a 1971 uh, that was for sale at a local body shop that we knew. Uh, and it was uh, 71. It had a Kamei front spoiler, um, ducktail, and it was painted white uh, or with a pearlescent uh, f- effect right. on it. Yeah. Um, 
after that um i at a certain moment i wasn't uh, liking the the pearl anymore so we changed in in very bright yellow um what year, how old are you at this time uh, I, w- i was 14 but uh, the time when i changed into into yellow i was uh, i was about 18 yeah Yeah. 18, yeah. So this is your first car, the yeah. 71 Beetle. Yeah, exactly. And then what was the style? Like, what was your motivation to fix the car? Uh, I Just the form of the Beetle, I didn't have. An, I, I I had uh, some friends that were driving Beetles, but I didn't have the, the knowledge uh, uh, what styles were around. It, it was kind of custom that we, we, we did because we, we changed the cars uh, the way we liked it. And um, so you really yeah. didn't follow any kind of plan. You were no. just like, <laughs> no, hey, just... I like, you know, you know, it would be cool. I want to put wider tires yeah. on it. So to put yeah. wider tires and then, and then you say, big yeah, fenders. Yeah. And then I need big fenders and then you know, I'm going to change the steering wheel and blah, blah, blah and stuff like that. And no consistency of however. And that is something that you learn when 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 you learn to meet other people. And so you didn't, you weren't inspired by the magazines or any of that kind of stuff because you well, weren't really into that? No, not at that moment. <clears throat> um, not at that moment. But that started actually when 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 I started um, I driving my Beetle when I was 18 years old. I started buying um, uh, hot VWs and at that moment uh, VW trends uh, for the cars, but also for the nice models who were on the cars, of yeah. course. <laughs> Right, uh, but um, I at, at that moment uh, you, you start to be inspired. You, you see what what is possible, and and I got to be honest. When we were reading that uh, people were changing their engines in '78 by 90 and a half or 92 or 94 millimeter um, cylinders and pistons, that was exotic for us. That we, We, we really did not know how to start on that. Um, it, it was an, another world uh, out of a magazine that uh, uh, we, we looked at it. Yeah, and, and so when you meet your VW friends, that obviously you're, you're in a club, right? The club that you're in is the yeah. Autobahn Scrapers. Yeah. When I, I met these guys at a, <laughs> at a very very local uh, meeting, and uh, one when you show up in big yellow, like yeah, check it out, yeah, guys, check yeah, me out, yeah. right? <laughs> exactly, and um, yeah, I had some talking with with uh, with some guys, and then they say, yeah, okay, you, you can come over. Uh, to uh, to our club at that moment i also had uh, a 58 but was bone stock actually mm-hmm. um but i was with a with yellow beetle but uh, they say hey come you can come over to uh, to waterloo uh, at the burger uh, restaurant uh, every friday evening we have uh, uh, a, a little talk and a little chit chat and, and, and a burger and 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 like that i went to waterloo and and i learned to know some guys and uh Yeah, from one one uh, came another, and uh, I, somebody had to do a maintenance on my Beetle and and uh, on the 58 because I went with a with the 58, and I put my 58 with with a guy f- uh, with Duff and uh, Mike at that moment in uh, that should be around 94 95 had the first set of BRMs in in, in Belgium. The first set of flat four BRMs. Flat four BRMs, mm-hmm. yeah, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, and when I came back to collect my car, it was uh, 
the the nose was dropped and it stood on on the flat four uh, BRMs. Oh really? So that was for me uh, an eye opener and um, big motivation for me to change uh, I my car into a Calo car. And from there on, I had the base of uh, my '58 Beetle. '58 uh, model was made in '57. From there on, uh, my car changed into a, a nice I into a nice uh, Calog Beetle with uh, different engines and different gearboxes. But at this time, uh, at this moment, it's uh, a 2.1 liter, um, yeah, Calog car. Yeah. So you went from doing doing your own style to yeah. as, as soon as you kind of started hanging on these other guys, you said, yeah. no, no, let me show you the way. Yeah. Here's what we got to fix up. Here's yeah. what we got to change. Yeah. And so that was the 71 Beetle you did that to or the 58? No, no, the, the 58. 58. Yeah. So the 58 all original, you dropped the front. Yeah. And then I didn't drop it. I my friends did it <laughs> without me me knowing it. So. But they, today they won't do that. They won't just take your car and fix it up for you. No, now, no, now no, they. No. <laughs> Well, listen, at least they did it once, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So you, um, another thing that you're really into that I, I wanted to discuss a little bit is you're pretty proficient in type threes yeah, in, in yeah. the notchbacks, specifically. And last yeah. night at dinner, we were talking a little bit about the notchbacks and how notchbacks relate to Belgium. Yeah, um, I, they're made in... Um uh, in in Germany, of course, but uh, in Belgium, um, the the type trees were kind of famous because in '64 they participated in the 24 hours from Spas Francorchamps, and um, that always intrigued me. It uh, triggered me to to buy a 1500 S car uh, from '64 or '65. Uh, they only made the S models in two years, and um, I. In '64, uh, participating uh, with a complete team, uh, complete Volkswagen team at the 24-hour from Spa Francorchamps was a really big thing. It was a factory team. Um, it was pretty professional. Uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was it was awesome that that Volkswagen participated in, in that 24-hour. And these race. were stock 1500s. No, uh, as we looked into the setup of the cars, we saw that uh, the cars were, yeah, um, they were stuck in the beginning, of course, but they, they were changed uh, engine-wise. Uh, they were changed in uh, in Liège, uh, in the um, in the um, garage of uh, Volkswagen, with uh, different uh, hop-up parts, and uh, they. They went up to 70, 75 uh, horsepower, I think. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, yeah. On yeah. the original pancake motor. On the original pancake motor. Yikes. Yeah. That's, I mean, yeah. that's, a lot of, that's a lot of power for a, for a 1500. Yeah, you know? but uh, they, when they were flat out uh, on the circuit of Francorchamps, they, they reached speeds of, um, I think, 158 uh, kilometers an hour. Uh, yeah. That's, I mean, what does that come out to in U.S. Oh, uh, miles? A lot of uh, 100 miles an hour. That's that's pretty fast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think it's it's one of those uh, 
I never believed it because the, they they always uh, told uh, that the cars were an original setup, and I know what the 1500s car right. can do. Right. But uh, once we saw that uh, how how that they changed the engine and the gearbox, uh, we knew that I uh, getting to 100 uh, mi- uh, yeah 100 miles an hour, 160 kilometers an hour was probably possible yeah and this was and, and they would do exhaust and carburetors and ignition yeah. stuff like that yeah yeah i mean uh, on basis on on the basis of the of the parts that were on the car but it was all modified actually. so they were all modified they, they would take the throttle bot the the carburetors and modify the carburetors think, and do yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. of modifications yeah. i wonder if there are any of those because be- especially in belgium you seem to be the guy that's tracked down the impossible in belgium right <laughs> So ha- we're still tracked, tracking. We're still tracking. Have you tracked down any of those cars? Um, Mike has done a lot of research. Uh, I've done my research uh, years ago. Um, I didn't get to the point where Mike got, um, but um, uh, Mike found pictures of, of owners of cars because afterwards uh, the, the cars were sold. Mm-hmm. And uh, we know that some cars were scrapped um, and from owners also that they had accidents in, um, with, with those cars. Um, but at this moment, yeah, we, we don't um, know of any survivors. Wow. I, I mean... There's, there's, there's also some, we were talking last night, you said that, uh, yeah, you said that there was some unique stuff specifically in, in Belgium. We talked about Belgium and you said Belgium per capita had more Volkswagen sold than any other country. Any other, I, yeah, a lot. Uh, and, and yeah, that's my, that was my statement, um, per capita, because I, in Belgium, they sold a lot of Volkswagens and also because they had a factory over there. Uh, they, the, uh, how do you call the it? CKD, CKD plant. Yeah, yeah they complete had a C- knockdown. Yeah, complete knockdown. Uh, they sold a lot of cars and, uh, th- there was, uh, with, uh, the family Dieteren who was importing the, the Volkswagens, but also making them, assembling them. Um, there was a big car culture. Uh, some guys at uh, at the marketing and at um, factory at Dieteren, uh, they they were real car nuts. Um, and um, yeah, they, they did some special things. Uh, yeah. Well, we talked about last night. You you let me in on a, a car that I've never heard of before, <laughs> and I again I saw it was covered in hot VWs. And I, if I were drawing the cover, I would have said two of the only Mach 1 Beetles known to exist, which would have made me want to read the article because talking to you and understanding, on the cover it looks like old-time rally recreations, but understanding the history changes the complete dynamics of the vehicle as far as the the understanding. So, yeah, we're talking about the Mach 1 Beetles. Yeah, and so the Mach 1 you're saying was specific to Belgium. Belgium alone, right? Yeah, exactly. And so... Because it was, I conceived and thought about uh, from a marketing guy. In '64, they understood that um, I selling Beatles wasn't going to be that easy anymore because they were selling the Beatles already for 10, 15 years, and uh, they were at an end, and they had to invent stuff uh, to 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 sell Beatles. So, uh, Mr. Eddie De Mol, uh, who was head of uh, marketing uh, of uh, Volkswagen uh, in in Brussels. Um, had the nicest plan to to make a, a quick beetle 
um so um because they were inspired by the um, Scania Vabs Beatles uh, that were uh, rallying and Belgium there's a lot of motorsports that take place in Belgium I mean it's a, yeah. a lot of people in Belgium are really into car racing and yeah. and motorsports things like that so it was natural to say hey let's make a sport version of yeah. the beetle the 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 plan was to make uh, 200 and to 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 have an homologation of that car um to to raise them actually uh, but that plan didn't work out because uh, they sold on the phone uh, several hundred cars and um, there were articles. Uh, you, you got to imagine that uh, already some cars were made. Mm-hmm. Um, internet didn't exist, so everything was, was really slow. But at a certain moment, at a certain moment, uh, there was a German paper who announces, if you want a, a fast Beetle, you have to be in Belgium and you have to buy the Mach 1 Beetle. So, and um, that was seen by the, by the big guys in, uh, in Germany. And they took the phone and they say, you got to stop the production of the Mach 1 Beetle, uh, that 1300cc Mach 1 Beetle, because otherwise you're going you're gonna to lose uh, your, uh, your right to produce uh, Beetles. And now, so the Mach 1, the Mach 1 Beetle specifically, what are the, well, let's talk first, how many did they produce total? Uh, 112. Uh, 112 uh, yeah. beetles were produced. Yeah. And the spec model on this beetle was what? Yeah. So we're in 64 um, and they have a black interior. Uh, so, yeah. Um, a black interior didn't exist. It has a black uh, uh, dashboard. Yeah. The, flat paint yeah, dashboard. Flat, yeah. It has a type 3 steering wheel. Um, it has um, 160 kilometer um, speedometer. It has a ref counter, video. It has an oil temp uh, meter uh, from Koch. Um, yeah, that's. Uh, and there, and then the engine. Yeah, the engine is Okrasa, of course, uh, with uh, twin carburetors. And the, the most important part, uh, it's uh, 1300 cc, and that was why Volkswagen was opposed to 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 that kind of project, because they wanted to to launch in '65 their 1300 cc engine, and yeah, but. The, the guys in Belgium preceded them and were selling 1300 Beetles before uh, Volkswagen was selling uh, 1300 Beetles. 1300 now, was there any brake modifications or the brakes were stopped? Uh, the brakes were stuck, but we now see that in the um, in the papers for the homologation uh, in the Scania Vabis uh, Beetles is mentioned that uh, they can be equipped with uh, Porsche 356 brakes. Uh, that's homologation only. Uh, the Beatles were delivered uh, with normal... Um, um, uh, the standard brakes. Standard brakes. Yeah. So there was, you, you believe there was about 100 produced. No, we were sure about that. So there, there's records. <laughs> there are records. Uh, that's also a work from, uh, a never-ending work from Mike. Um, and it's only recently that uh, the, um, the plant of uh, Vorst has scanned in all the, 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 I, the Cardex, the Cardex cards, uh, the computer cards, mm-hmm. you know, the, the little cards with, with holes in them. Yeah. Yeah. And um, on those cards, uh, when there was, uh, because they took the, the cars out of the production line, when they changed it in a Mach 1 Beetle, they wrote on that card M1. 
So really? and now there was also a paint. There was a paint detail. Yeah, two on paints: on. Java green and ruby, ruby red. So they were only sold in those two colors. Yeah, um, the, most of them in uh, in Java green, uh, Java green, and uh, a few of them in red. Yeah, and so I mean, it, it's really interesting that that. You know, we were talking yesterday, and and I said, "Well, how come no one's ever heard of this before?" And you said, "Well, even yeah, in Belgium, it was even, like a yeah, it was like a mystery, right? Mystery, really urban legend. Uh, everybody was talking about a special series in Belgium in '64, '65. That's not possible. Uh, uh, yeah, I I have seen one, but I then then you couldn't get it. I checked out because uh, yeah, it, it was really an urban legend, mm-hmm. and. At a certain moment in 2007, when we organized the European Buggin, somebody comes out with a with a red, real Mach 1 Beetle, and then we know that the, I, it, that that Beetle was proof that that it did exist. So, at the first European Buggin, somebody brings one. Is it the first yeah. one. Um, some yeah. some Belgian person just shows up with this bug, and you guys are yeah. all like floored. Yeah, of course. And it was no. original condition or restored? No, original condition. It was uh, let's say that um, the under I, the under fifteen centimeter uh, almost did not exist, <laughs> uh, but it, it was a complete. I it was a it was a nice car. Uh, we saw that uh, um, that it was a Machuan. It had a logo on it. Um, uh, Mike, do you have a picture of it? Yeah, I, I want, and so Mike, Mike's written a book on it. Yeah, right. And and the book that he's written, the book that he's written on this on the Mach One is called what? What's the name of the book? The Incredible uh, Start of Performance Beatles from uh, 1937 till. So this so this this documents all the different variations of performance Beatles that that Volkswagen did. Yeah. And Mike's been working on this beetle for uh, Mike on this book, Wall Ravens. Yeah, exactly. And so he's been working on this book for quite a while. How, how does somebody get a copy of this book if they're looking to buy a, um, a copy of this? Well, uh, we're organizing the Ardennen Rennen event in October, and we have a website about that. Uh, it's Ardennen Rennen uh, www Ardennen Rennen in one word point be, and on that web shop uh, you can go to the shop. And in that shop, you can order uh, that book. Okay. And, and that book goes through not just the performance models of the Beetle in Belgium, but multiple performance models, whatever performance you could figure out that Mike could find on, on Beetles. Uh, and is it mostly dealer add-on stuff? No, no, no. <laughs> no, the, the Mach 1 was made in the factory. It's not, it's not dealer. It was, so it was a CKD factory. Yeah. like. They, they, now there's one other thing you didn't mention. We talked about last night. This car also had a convertible deck lid on it. Uh, yes. And because of the, because of the dual carburetors, they changed the drain tray yep. and made it two separate pieces, which is pretty unique. Exactly. Yep. So if anybody out there has found a deck lid and it's got two drain trays on it, um, you might, yeah. you might want to hold on to that. So yeah. that's uh, the, the, the big giveaway of the cars is of course the, the white line, uh, across the car. Was uh, that painted? Um, that was painted and it was an option so some cars uh, could have survived because they didn't have the line on it as mine did uh, it survived and it didn't have the the white line on it um and like that i it was difficult to to see immediately that it's uh, it was a a, a mach 1 beetle of course yes. and now who finds so you have the first bug in the mach 1 beetle shows up 
who tries to buy it from the guy? Was this like an original owner, not enthusiast, or this was an enthusiast? Yeah, it's but it's. I think uh, I. Um, uh, it was it was an enthusiast, of course. Um, after after European Bogen, um Mike uh, had the possibility to uh, to to buy the Red Beetle mm-hmm. because the the owner of the Red Beetle knew. A green car for sale so he wanted to 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 sell the red car to to get the the to the green car really yeah and afterwards i bought uh, the green car from the same owner so that owner had two mach ones as one owner and mike bought one and, and i bought one uh mike bought a red i bought a green uh, and, i mean obviously you guys are pretty plugged into the scene in belgium right so yeah. You guys have been looking in barns and throughout the years or since your childhood, you guys have been looking for Volkswagens all the time in the fields and everything yes, like that. And yes. you've never run across the white stripe before no. until these Beatles. No. Sometimes uh, some people send us uh, pictures of cars that are supposedly can be Mach 1 Beatles. Mm-hmm. But it's I, for us, um, we have some points that we can see if it's... I, if it's possible that it's a Mach 1. But 112 cars were made, um, and we have two of them. Uh, I have one and Mike has one. But that doesn't mean that another one does not exist anymore. It's possible that one stands somewhere in a a barn or in a garage or in a private collection. It it seems like every year someone finds a rare find sitting in someone's garage. I mean, I think it's... You know, as as non-performance as Volkswagen was, the people loved the car so much they just wanted the same thing on steroids. You know, they wanted it faster. They wanted yeah. it to have more performance. Uh, you know, earlier I was talking with Ricky James and his barn door bus that has the big Type Four motor. These types of things, and it's always, it, it's all. I think the the the, the, the VW enthusiast is always on the side of the underdog, but we like to be able to surprise people. Oh, and, of course, and I think you know with. With VW people, you know, buying these cars and Ocrasa making engine kits and Judson making superchargers and lots of ways to modify these things. It's interesting that you can find special situations like in Belgium. Now, is there any other areas that that through the research in the book where where you found other performance things that aren't we everybody knows Impy, right? Impy is like so we talk about life after Impy or yeah. what else does well, there exist? I, um, of course, the Mach 1 Beetles were heavily inspired by the Scania Vabis uh, Beetles uh, from um, uh, Sweden. Now, the Scania Vabis Beetles were th- those weren't those weren't factory built, were they? Uh, they were also uh, built by the importer uh, Scania from Volkswagen in in Sweden, um, and uh, but they weren't produced. Uh, they were not produced. Um, yeah, no problem. Uh, they were not produced um, to to sell the cars. Um, yeah. So now, with respect to um, the research that Mike's done, so Mike's done a few years of research into this book, where he's kind of dug up every little thing that he could find about performance beetles, and so. Does the book go through like Okrasa and Judson and all the different performance mods, or is it specifically narrowed down to just? No, no. Um, I 
I I also told that there was a, a, a big link between the the 1500s cars and the, the Mach 1. So we're, I, the book starts with a, a major topic, and that's the the 1500s cars on the Spa Franco Rochon um, race in '64. Uh, then we have the evolution to the to the to the Mach 1 uh, that got co- commercialized in in Belgium, and then we uh, I, there is another uh, topic. Uh, it's the I, the old speed uh, trend, and uh, uh, if you read that, it's it's a guide how to make uh, your own um, Volkswagen old speed car. Uh, what uh, uh, wheels uh, you can use, uh, what you can do. Um, you're making an old speed uh, for racing, or you're making an old speed uh, for the city. Um, yeah, that's. Uh, that's I, I mean, I, I I think it's it's incredible when you really think. We, we all think being in the hobby for as long as we're in the hobby, we think there's nothing new to be found. And it seems like there's always something new that always, a new day. a new type of beetle, a new type of performance mod that no one has seen, and maybe even a rare thing that one guy made twenty of. Yeah. You know what I mean? I I always say in in Volkswagen, in my Volkswagen hobby, every day I learn something. It's it's incredible uh, about buses, about type trees, about beetles, uh, about performance VWs. I always every day you can learn something new. Yeah, I, I mean I. I I love it because it just keeps the hobby and there's so many different levels between, you know, dealer add-ons, uh, special editions, especially as they got into more late model stuff. And in addition to that, just offshoot performance companies that, that made cool stuff for Volkswagens. Now with this cool stuff, now these, these cars will be displayed. Were they displayed at the bug in the, the last bug in? Um, yes, our uh, Mach 1 Beetles were displayed um, at uh, the last uh, European bug-in. My car also came here to uh, to the Volkswagen show, um, I think, uh, just before uh, Corona. Um, my green Beetle, I, the green uh, Mach 1 Beetle was here also. Uh, so people were had all, already the chance to see it here. Uh, it, it, it didn't draw a lot of attention, but... Uh, the guys who knew knew, you know, and 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 it's interesting because, like I like I said, in that looking at the cover of Hobby yeah. W's magazine, it should have said two of a hundred Beatles ever built special editions in Belgium. It would make you grab the magazine and want to read the story. Otherwise, it looks like a knockoff rally bug because yeah. if you don't know, you yeah. don't know. And yeah. on the cover, that was my beef that I had on my podcast a couple weeks ago. I started rating the magazines, yeah. and I said when I when, at least my generation, I feel like. When I look at a magazine, what makes me want to grab it and read it? You know, what tells me the story of what I'm looking at? And I I think the hobby has become so much where there's the people in the know that know. Like you said, the people that knew what it was, knew what it was. The other people just walked past it. And it's a shame because we need to help educate more people on these things so they can appreciate the rareness of something that exists like that. Yeah. But, and, and that's really, you know, when we come to these shows and, and gone are the days where we used to put a big placard board next to the car with a description. But I think that kind of needs to come back as you start to get more unique vehicles. And maybe if a car is from the eighties, because as we walk by a car and we look at it, we're too quick because the standard of Volkswagens has increased so high yeah. that every car is like, uh, it's, it's like a concourse restoration. 
even if it's custom, right? The, yeah, the, the exactly. red car downstairs from yeah, from, uh, yeah. from where is he from downstairs? Denmark. Denmark, yeah. the guy that built that car. I mean, that car, the paint, everything on it is is top level. And and we've almost become too critical on things that we don't appreciate. So when a car from the 80s, you're looking at it and like, uh, you know, in the 80s, the, the deal was you painted the outside, you got a carpet kit for the inside. Like you didn't cut and buff under the dash, all that stuff. And so we've, we've got a... You know, I think there's there's some value in understanding where where we're looking at and what we're looking at. So, but I think that you know the shows maybe we get back to putting some of these boards out there and educating people because I think it's I think there's some huge yeah, value we, in that. We we did that at uh, European Buggin uh, for certain cars. Uh, we did our best. Uh, we also have a museum uh, at European Buggin uh, where we um, I just like you say uh, it's not. Uh, to look down on people uh, and and tell them what we are doing, uh, but it's it's, it's like uh, telling them what, what in what education, we, yeah, yeah, and, and, and and education. Yeah. Well, you can appreciate it so much. It's it's like we, yeah, we're here in, in in England, and I went and took my kids to Hampton Court, right? And we went through there, and to walk through there is an unappreciation without understanding what you're looking at, what time of of the of the time period it was what was possible what wasn't possible and so sometimes we do that in the hobby right we just kind of buzz through a car show looking for the coolest thing everybody's going to be talking about and we'll walk past five or six things that are really unique you know i was having this conversation with russell recently we started talking about late model beetles and special editions and i was blown away i went to barrett jackson and i'm kind of an early car snob like the you know like a lot of us are and and i saw at barrett jackson a sunbug convertible sold for 50 some thousand dollars and I, yeah. I thought who bought this thing for 50 grand they must Smart not guy. know what they're looking at you yeah, know what i mean yeah they do but in the reality as we start to look at volkswagen car. as we start to look at volkswagen and the older they got the numbers started decreasing pretty quickly because modern car technology competition was getting really yeah. steep and the platform hadn't changed and there are people that love the classic but there's also people that want to keep up with the joneses but um, now let's talk a little bit about European bugging. I know you started in 07, but what, what, I mean, I think to start to tackle something like we're going to do, that's like me saying, I'm going to put on instead of Volks world, US VW world, like starting with that is a pretty big order, right? The expectation is already set because the standard is here of how big this show is. So if you show up at my show and there's six cars, you're going to think like, this isn't, like you don't, you don't know Volkswagen is. So when you when you start out with like we're gonna do bugging European bugging, like that's a that's a big steak to eat. Yeah, but I we, we were a good team. Uh, we had uh, we were in starting. We started with four, then uh, it became three, and for several years we we were very 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 uh, routinated and 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 a very good team organizing the show. Um, everybody did. Good, what he was good at, um, getting people to the show, and the first one in 2007, uh, we organized it uh, like a show where we would go to um, a little bit of uh, festival, but also a lot of quality cars, some racing, off-road racing, um, and like that we can show the people what you can do with a beetle. Uh, we, we always said uh, we have the show and shine. You can drag race your car, you can off-road your car. You can slalom. Um, there are not a lot of people slaloming, slaloming uh, at our show, but we always say, let's do it. L let's organize a slalom also. Like that, the people see that they can come to our show and, and do some slalom if they want to. 
but like that you have all the aspects in our show uh, that are possible uh, I, it's it's logic there, there there is a party on friday and on saturday evening also and that's also funny we have camping we have everything we can cut our we can cater for everybody. Yeah. And, and I think that's one of the things in the States that the guys over there don't really understand. The shows here, the, the, the shows here are almost, they're like festivals. You know, it's, it's a multi-day event. Like here at Volkswagen, they've got camping. They've got all these things. The same that your show has. And I've been to the EBI and I was blown away. I was blown away. The music didn't stop all night. I thought, is anybody going to sleep around here? I mean, it was like a rager all night, but it was cool, right? I mean, I got there and I thought, man, this is wild. There's And there's so many different degrees of people in the hobby, which is sometimes when you do like the treffin, right? You lose the enthusiast, the the I don't want to say low level, but the new enthusiast who doesn't, yep. who has the wide fenders on his car, yep. who has the South exactly. Dakota look, <laughs> and then his friends grab him and say, "Let's fix you up, right?" Yeah, but I mean, I know about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but I think so to some extent, you know, that show, like you said, it really caters to everybody. I think the bug in aspect, you know, that's that, that's a big that's a big a big goal to shoot for. But I think you guys nailed it. I mean, I've never been to a show. I mean, this show and that show are the two shows I've been to in Europe, and they're just, I mean, it's a different, it's, I mean, there's thousands of people here. There's thousands of people at your show. When you go to the grocery store, it's all VW people. The whole town is taken over by Volkswagen people, and it's so cool to see that. And, and I mean, you know, and you guys do it every two years. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, in the beginning, in 2007, 8 and 9, we did it every year, but uh, we, we soon found out that that was uh, uh, too difficult to organize uh, for us and for our personal lives, of course. And so uh, we decided in um, 2009 to organize it every two years, and uh, from then on, it's 2011, 2013, 2015, 17, 19, then, uh, yeah, of course, uh, 21 had to be rescheduled for uh, for the corona mm-hmm. uh, thing. So and then, and then you're 22, so the next one will be... 24. Yeah. The next one will be 24. Yeah. So I, I'll be at the next one for sure because they're <laughs> definitely not to be missed. It's 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 an unbelievable experience if you can go, especially to watch the Gassers race yeah. and to see, I mean, just to see everything, the swap meet, everything is, is so unique how yep. they have it laid out over there. And I mean, I, I tell you, it's a great thing. Now, you also do another show. Yeah, uh, in, in Nino of my hometown, uh, we do the Freddy Files. Eh? Uh, I'm Frederick, so people call me Freddy. Every year uh, I open a new file, so from there is the name uh, Freddy Files. And and how is that? And Novine, Novine is what it's called? Ninova. 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 Next to Brussels. So it's next to Brussels. So it's yeah. in Belgium, yeah. Ninova. And it's... What's the turnout for that show usually? Um, around uh, 600 to 900 cars uh, are coming by for a one-day show. Uh, I Last week there was a show, uh, about 600 cars uh, showed up. Uh, the weather provisions were very bad. Um, at the day itself, they gave some rain, um, but... I eventually the weather was good uh, and uh, I was very happy to uh, to see 600 cars uh, rolling in of course. So one of my questions to you is as an enthusiast when was the first time you went to the states? <laughs> and yeah, saw shows over there. <laughs> that's a good. Uh, uh easy uh, 2000. Yeah. And 2000 yeah. you went to what show? Uh, I went to the classic. The VW Classic. Yeah. 
uh, and I think you know, I can't remember because I the classic I saw Dino Don for the first time uh, mm-hmm. doing his thing uh, with a mic and uh, getting uh, stuff distributed, uh, t-shirts distributed. Um, they probably in two thousand maybe still had a bikini contest, maybe or maybe yeah, not in two thousand. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know, but. Uh, don't know anymore and what did you think when you went there and you saw the show on an asphalt parking lot and everybody shows up at 6 a.m and leaves by one o'clock <laughs> and uh, yeah strange strange it's 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 something that uh that's not common with us of course but i that's 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 car culture uh well i think we, it might have it may have to do with the weather the weather and, the warmth i the the, the heat um, well but not that but what i'm saying is they have so much good weather there they take for granted. In other words, every Saturday morning, there's a car meet that I go to near my house. There's probably a minimum 200 cars there every Saturday morning. And it's all different kinds and types. And they call it, they, they, it's called the car show at Eastern, but it started as cars and coffee. And then there's two other cars and coffees. And it's, you know, if, if you're into newer cars, you go to that one. If you're into older ones, you go to this one. If you're into exotics, you go to that one. Yeah. I mean, I don't, they're all over. And of course, in Las Vegas, we've got sunshine 300 plus days a year so yep. we're, we're kind of we, we kind of get spoiled by it to where yeah, you're spoiled by the amount of uh, car events also and about the and, car culture and with me i so i put on my show one crazy weekend that i just started the year of covid but before that since 2014 i was doing the las vegas auto swap meet just a general swap meet we want to do it at a big stadium so we had a lot of stuff and we marketed all the stuff and it was great and then you know, everybody decides to tell me what they believe I should do to make it better. And it was frustrating for me because here I put all this time, effort, and energy putting the show on. And then I see people and I'm like, hey, did you get a swap space? No, I'm just looking around this time. And I'm thinking, I put all this effort into creating an event for everybody and you guys don't even support. And it's, it's one of those, it's one of the battles that you fight as an enthusiast. And it, and it takes a jump for an enthusiast to say, you know what? Not only do I think I'm going to do it better, I'm going to try. I'm going to put on a show. I'm going to see. And if it fails, fine. Then I'll realize how hard it is. But sometimes, you know, it, it can be a little thankless sometimes when you put a lot of effort into. When you go to give someone a flyer and they bat you away like. <laughs> I, I look at somebody and say, you're not invited. Don't show up at my show. <laughs> but but yeah. it's it, it's a lot of work. And it, sometimes people don't understand the stress involved in it because yeah, you, you are, you're panicked that everybody will show up. You're panicked that you'll have public there. You're panicked that you'll be able to at least cover the cost of what it costs yeah. you to put it on. What's that? Yeah. The weather. Oh yeah. If it weather. rains, if it's for it, us, it's the weather, right? You in Belgium, you have 50, 50% chance of rain. So for us, there is a, an additional uh, factor that we, we are afraid from the rain, but I, we can do. We and you just can. have to do it. You, you just have, have to, to deal with it. it. So, but the work of organizing a show for good weather or a show for bad weather, is the same work, you know? I, yeah. No, listen, I, I, I listen, the European bug in is, is a show that if you're a VW person, listen to this podcast and you have not been, you must make it to European bug in is, is an unbelievable show. You'll have the time of your life, set aside three days, take a lot of pictures and video cause you won't remember half of it. <laughs> so you can, so yep. you can go back there and see what happened. But I think it's, I, I mean, I, I think it's, uh, I, I think it's great what you're doing for the hobby because Guys like us, our generation, we have to start stepping up and, and filling in 
or some of the guys that are leaving the hobby or have done it long enough and want to, you know, not don't want to put up with it anymore. You know, it's, it's important that we continue to try to put on events to keep the scene alive. I, we really want to keep the scene alive. And that's one of the major reasons that we organize events. I, the, the, the happiness that we have personally when, when we see cars rolling in our, our events, it's, it's, it's indescribable. It's, that's why we do it. Uh, seeing people having fun with their cars, it's, that's one of the major reasons why we do it. No, that's that's wonderful. I, I, I thank you for doing such a great job. Anything anything new that you have coming up that we need to be on the lookout for? Oh, uh, well, we're already brainstorming for the 2024 event. Um, uh, it's still in in I in in, in brainstorm uh, ideas, but uh, we'll make a pretty good show of, of it. I can assure you that uh, when you're coming, you'll have the the fun of your life. Yeah, no, I, listen, I think it's awesome. I appreciate everything you're doing. And uh, if they want more information on the stuff, where do they go? Oh, we have a website, um, webshop, uh, www.europeanbugin.com. Now, one of the things that, that's unique to Europe that I see, at least I, I've seen at your show, and it, I think it comes from motor motorcycle racing, or F1 racing is the private labeled energy drinks that you guys sell, like the Red Bulls, and you wrap them, which yeah. I think is really cool. And when I went and visited my friends Cedric and Sylvia in Belgium, they gave me here's some F- Freddy Files and some other ones, and I said, oh, okay. And I didn't think, and I put them in my carry on. And as I went through security, they made me open them all up and dump them out. <laughs> so I have the cans. I still have them at home. But I thought it was such a cool souvenir. Yeah, it's a souvenir that we distribute at the at the entrance of the events. It's uh, it's another uh, gift that we're doing to the to the people coming into the show. And um, by the time that we we gave them away, they were instant collectors, and people started collecting them without I. We, we didn't have an idea that people were going to like them and yeah. keep them, but uh, they do. Well, that's great. So they can find you at the website, the website you guys have. www.europeanbugin.com. And to follow you on Instagram. Uh, Instagram is europeanbugin. Okay. And then for Mike's book. Uh, ardenenrennen.be. And so I'm going to put a link in the description for all this in the podcast. Make sure you support Mike, all the hard work, effort, and energy he's put into creating yeah, this book. He did a crazy job. It's a, I promise you to add to your collection, you do not have a book like this. So make sure that you guys support those that are supporting the VWC. And, and, and Freddie, thanks for coming, man. Thank you so very much for being here and talking with me and uh, spreading the words. Thanks, brother. Literally. You got it. If you guys like that podcast, and I know you did, do me a favor and share this podcast with your friends. If you want to hook me up, Share the podcast with all your buddies that you know. Give us a five-star review or go pick up some merch at our website at letstalkdubs.com. I love doing the podcast and we are grown organically. I don't pay for ads. I don't pay for any of that kind of stuff because I believe the best things are grown organically and that can only be grown through our listeners sharing this podcast. So I'm asking all of you to right now go to this podcast source that you get, share it on your Facebook, share it on your Instagram, share it however you can, but uh, it's a call to action for you guys. Help me grow the podcast. It's been growing fantastic because you guys, and we just need a little bit more. So I'm looking forward to that. We've got lots of special podcasts coming up. Just wrapped up one with Lee Hedges about a car that he's getting featured coming up in the magazine. We're going to try to do a special podcast release with Hot VW's magazine. So we've got a lot of things that we're working on right now. 
to bring you guys more content. Go subscribe to my YouTube channel. I'm so close to 1,000 subscribers. As soon as I get to 1,000, we can start doing some live streams on some of these podcasts. So look forward to it, guys. And until next week, later. You probably don't know that there's a new Volkswagen out that doesn't look like a Volkswagen. Volkswagen.